New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Stephen Dynan. He's the author of Sacred America, Sacred World, Fulfilling Our Mission in Service to All. And he's also the founder and CEO of The Shift Network. Stephen, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Pleasure to be here, Justine. It's my pleasure in having you. You write about and talk about something called up-leveling democracy. Mm Mm-hmm. So how might we improve on the political process as it's being practiced today? Mm-hmm. Well, as, uh, in a- any evolution, there's usually an inner dimension and an outer dimension. And so on the inner side, th- we need to upgrade how we think about politics. And that means going beyond some of our biases and assumptions and prejudices to really find common ground and find this a stance where we can really respect and honor the others, even if they have very different political positions from us. Because we're living in a culture where there's intense polarization right now. And so we need to upgrade how we engage, which means respect for the other, even if we disagree with them. So there's a lot of other dimensions I could go into. But the other side is also up-leveling some of the the things that are out of whack in our democracy, too, which includes getting money out of politics, Citizens United. That is a, such a disaster for, for our democracy because it allows this unmitigated uh, impact of money distorting politics. And, you know, I've, I've heard from people in Congress that they spend as much as four hours a day fundraising now, pretty much year-round. And that's that's grueling. And it, it scares, frankly, a lot of better candidates sometimes from even entering the fray. And so we have to have a constitutional amendment that gets the money out of politics. That's really important. There is uh, something afoot called the Wolf Pack. Wolf Pack. Wolf Pack. Cenk Uger, as I think how you say his last name. He's been a leader within that space. He founded Young Turks, and he's got a good, you know, no-nonsense perspective on how to do it. And also, he's bold and confident. He said, you know, every generation has gotten a constitutional amendment and we, this is ours, you know, and I think that he's very sure we're going to accomplish it, which is magnetic to others and empowering to, to all of us. So remind us, a constitutional amendment, it has to have how many states have to... You know, uh, I don't have that all right I, I, at, at the tip of my fingers, but I think it's 35 states um, that, that, have that have to come have, on board. They have with to it. come on board. So there's a number of different ways you can get constitutional yeah. amendments, and it's a pretty complex process, but I think that... At this stage, for most of us, we're simply championing that it needs to happen and making it permissible and and even uh, imperative for our political leaders to, to champion that. So this would go around the Supreme Court's decision to make corporations citizens and then to have corporations just unlimited – access to campaigns. It would address both the, it would address uh, both the, donations. Co- the corporate donations, but also individual contributions as well, because it would simply just put more clear, powerful restraints on the level to which money could influence democracy. That's a pretty big one right there. That's a really big one. 
Mm-hmm. So going back to upgrading democracy, you actually talk about it in computer terms, like upgrading us to seven operating point, system. Uh, yeah, new new operating. Well, I, what system. I like about this is that people are used to the metaphor of computers at this point, and so we know every so often our operating system starts to go wonky. It starts breaking down, and we're just like we have to drag ourselves to the computer store and say, "Okay, I got time to get the new operating system," or we download it at this point. And so democracy is similar. Is that we you know, we haven't we're not at the final form of democracy. We're getting better and improving it over time, ideally. And so some of what we complain about and we see as problems are simply symptoms that we've reached the limits of capacity of the existing operating system. So I make the, I make the case that we've gone through at least six major evolutions of the operating system in the United States. And sometimes we even think about the founding as just one thing. But actually, the Declaration of Independence and then the Articles of Confederation were one thing. It didn't work very well. The states had too much power. There was no centralized um, money-making authority. There was It was a mess. And interstate commerce was, yeah. was not easily so, done. So the Constitution was in reaction to the failures of 1.0. That, that baked in a, you know, a three-fifths compromise with slaves. And there's all kinds of things that got baked in just as a matter of, of making that. So we've had to keep upgrading. And and I, I really believe that everything from the um, abolishing of slavery to giving women right to vote uh, to New Deal legislation to civil rights movement, all, each of these are evolutionary movements that eventually create a more just society with more liberty, with more justice. And so we're now in the midst of doing what I call the 7.0 upgrade. And it's not like there's a set point in time that it happens, but it's happening gradually in this first part of our century where we're really moving from a nation-centered consciousness to a global-centered consciousness. And that means that America has to think and operate a bit differently than when we're just focused solely on our interests and uh, preserving our borders. Things are more porous now. A lot of the the damage to our, our future can happen because of global environmental catastrophes. Global finance has a huge impact. It's like the flow of all these things. We have to really be thinking systemically about global challenges and threats. And that means a more collaborative approach on the global stage, that we have to work more and more with other nations. And I believe that this operating system will naturally evolve to a more coherent, cohesive, and peaceful global governance function. And sometimes that can trigger people's like uh, hot buttons. And I I know, but because there's a tendency of like, oh, the further something gets out there, the more the more I'm scared that it's going to be misused. So when we talk about global governance, it's really about thinking about like you know five to ten percent of the decision making power happening through representative bodies that have representation from nations and that we actually elect people to represent us to think through global problems and global challenges, and that those bodies would only have as much authority as we give them. So it's it's uh, it takes a little bit of stretching our, our consciousness to envision that future, but it's an important exercise to do because we're so interconnected on a planetary scale, and we've basically been living in a fairly perpetual war state with all of the different nations, essentially having nothing that is forcing any of them to behave, and then we end up with a lot of wars and messes, and so there's just it's like a subtler level of restraining some of the worst of the nation system and creating more cohesion. So on a how would level. this differ from the UN as well? The UN today. is not is not a democratic body. I mean, basically, any nation can send representatives to. That and they kind of hash out different agreements, but we don't elect a UN representative, and that it's not directly accountable to the whole world. They're basically representing the interests of nations versus the interests of global citizens as a whole. 
And so the UN is an important step in advance. And, and at some point in history, that was like unthinkable as well. Like how could we even imagine having a UN? Now it's part of baked into the operating system of our current thing, which is sort of like, it's like the transition from 6.0 towards a 7.0. Okay. It's like, oh, we have some level of cohesion. And I just want to say that I think where we're going eventually- To upgrade it. Is upgrade where we have a healthy planetary democracy that has a, has some power held globally by a democratically elected body that then then you have nation states you still have states you still have city governments and more power local is good but to really solve some of the planetary issues you need some planetary collaboration somehow i'm reminded when you're talking about all of this i'm reminded now i'm going back to the 70s and when we first sponsored a major event at masonic auditorium in san francisco mm -hmm. so 3000 people there in the auditorium and one of the speakers, or three speakers, and one of them was Barbara Marks Hubbard. Now, this was before the Internet really took shape. And she talked about what it was when a baby is in embryo. Mm. And the, one of the last things that happens for a baby before it's born is that it hooks up its nervous system. Mm -hmm. And she was predicting, being a futurist as she mm -hmm. is, predicting that there would be a planetary nervous system that eventually would hook up. And that and, was... Well, and that here was it before, is, and here it is. That, that was before the Internet uh, was even a gleam uh, in the eye. It was and hardly conceivable hardly that you could have in your pocket access to all the world's information. Exactly, and now here we are. We have a global nervous system hooked up. Uh -huh. And somehow I'm... I'm heartened by this. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. excited by this, that the potential for some of these solutions about uh, a global governance uh, possibility, uh, which doesn't negate our local economies or our local concerns, but, but that brings us yeah. together in this all-planetary nervous system. Yeah. I mean, it, it could sound like, wow, it's like there's these codes and servers and all the information is flowing and it's connected around the world. And you're, you know, you could do it in a kind of very uh, scared way of describing the Internet, like to somebody who was in 1970 and say, there's everybody you're going to be there's information about you everywhere. And it, but it's like, wow, we're like blessed to have the Internet everywhere we go. And, and yes, maybe there's more transparency. And sometimes you embarrassing things get out in the public and get propagated. But there's there's some downside. But the the, the upside is well worth it. And so I'm just saying is that if you look at it on a planetary scale, it's like there's more and more political unification that's going to be happening. There's going to be more groups of nations that come together, more global accords, more collaboration, and that it, it eventually softens and opens to more and more democratic participation on a global scale. So what what is the part that an individual needs to play in this? If they're excited by this idea of a world living in true peace and people are not living within a poverty structure anymore. Great example, Kiva.org is a microfinance lending uh, website that puts small loans from us to work with entrepreneurs in the developing world. And so I've got several thousand dollars circulating there with $25 a person to probably 20 different um, entrepreneurs or groups in, in places from Azerbaijan to Lebanon. And I think that the part of the reason I do that is I, I often have targeted microfinance to Islam 
Islamic countries, because I know that we have such a divide. I'm just, I want to send a little signal to the uh, woman who's, who's got a sewing business in Pakistan or somebody who's got a beauty parlor in uh, the West Bank, that there's somebody on the other side of the world who cares about them. And it's just like these little tiny signals that help us weave the world together and that we're little reminders that we are connected in one human family. That's wonderful. And I just want to spell that for people because sure. I hear it. It's Kiva, K-I-V as in Victor, A, Kiva. And org, yeah. .org. And so you can look that up on the Internet yeah. and participate for as little as $25. And, and you don't even lose the money. You were just recirculated. You loan it out and then you and nine, it gets paid 90, back. 98% of the time you get it all back. So it's sort of, And then you can say, well, reinvest it somewhere else. Yeah. And you, so that's what, it's a great example of like a little thing that we can do. I mean, there's all the things around really, um, are we creating the world that we want to see? So it's like, how do we spend our money? Where do we bank our money? Where do we invest our money? What do we put our energy into? What kind of clothing do we wear? What kind of food do we buy? Each of those is a vote for the world that we're creating. And so if we're bringing more awareness to it, it doesn't mean being deprived. Sometimes a little bit having fewer things, but things that actually make us feel better and that actually lead to a better world. That's beautiful. I want to thank you so much, Stephen, for being with us today on the New Dimensions Cafe. Thank you for having me. I've been speaking with Stephen Dynan. He's the author of Sacred America, Sacred World, Fulfilling Our Mission in Service to All. And if you want to know more about his work, you can go to the website sacredamerica.net. Or you can go there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you so much for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe and ask you, please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a thousand hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.